This podcast is sponsored by Oasis Aqua Lounge. Join our online community of sex-positive swingers and individuals looking to make connections while we are all stuck at home. We host events seven days a week and have hundreds of active members to meet and mingle with. Head to members.oasisaqualounge.com to join the party today. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sex News with Ray. I am joined again by Danielle. Cool girl, very funny, cool woman, I should say. Or should I call you a female? Uh, woman's fine. Woman's fine? You don't want me to say uh, my female over here? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good with woman. Oh, good. Although I have been called a female before. Yeah. That's a thing now, apparently. Apparently. All right, today we are doing something different. We are going to go through Reddit slash Bad Women's Anatomy and go over some of our favorite posts and maybe discuss why this is just totally wrong in case our listeners are confused. So I love Reddit and I love like, well, there's certain subreddits that I love, but I'm I'm just a lurker. I'm not actually on Reddit. I don't have an account. Yeah, I have. I do now because of Stupid Sexy Flanders. Are you able to post yet? I don't know. I haven't tried again. We should try that again soon. You definitely have to post that ridiculous photo of you. <laughs> How old were you in that picture? Ninth grade. Hey, everybody looked bad in ninth grade, though. Everybody from our generation. Let me yeah, qualify that. Everyone from our generation looks bad at- in ninth grade. Now, apparently, people that age look like little supermodels running around. Uh, there are still kids who look like that. It just so happens that YouTube makeup tutorials exist for them now. Yeah. So they could self-improve a lot easier than we could. Yeah. So on that note, I'm going to... Do you want to go one for one? I'll show you one of mine. You show me one of yours? Okay. Okay. The first link I'm going to show you here is from Men Writing Women, actually. Mm-hmm. And here's the quote. She was the perfect picture of a beautiful Japanese girl. Oh, should I do my sex phone operator voice or should I just read it? Your choice, your call. She was the perfect picture of a beautiful Japanese girl. Small feet, small nose, wide eyes, narrow hips that showed she was a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) It was the hips. The hips showed she was a virgin? I think he's confusing with what happens to women after childbirth with what happens to women after they have sex. Because I have heard about women with real narrow hips, like their hips get wider because they had to, because they pushed a baby out of them. Yeah. You know, and yeah, they also have all that weight your... gain from pregnancy that doesn't quite come off. I feel like, yeah, a baby coming out of there would rearrange your shit. You know what I mean? Right. But having sex with a penis does not change your physiology in no. any obvious way. Mm-mm. So that's mine. <laughs> Perfect picture of a beautiful Japanese I mean, this girl. is also racist. Let's just throw yeah, that in, yeah, too. Yeah. But... Yeah, small, small nose. Mm-hmm. Wide eyes. At least he didn't say, like, other things about I feel like he's describing an anime or something. Oh. Do, do, like, I mean, he's confused. With, with a cartoon representation yeah. from Japan with a real Japanese person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, the perfect picture of a beautiful Japanese girl would be, like, framed, maybe, hung on the wall. Mm-hmm. Bad pun. I apologize for that. <laughs> well, it wouldn't just be a poster. It would be art because we put a frame on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got yours? No, I don't have mine. So maybe if you have another one. Oh, I got go. them already. I'm oh, prepared. Dude. You are very um, organized. You know, Type you, a. you just like get things done. Me, I'm like a scatterbrained sort of things are around. I know, I know that where when... they're at, but 
Yeah, when people first meet me, I think they're like, oh, what a Sagittarius. She just wants to be wanderlust and travel the world. And then they find out that I'm like in love with PowerPoint presentations and really organized and have a million spreadsheets. And they're very confused. Okay, this one is a picture that you need to see. So the left, for all of you listeners, is just your classically thin woman in a bikini on the beach and a classic thin woman in the beach pose. The guy on the right is just super ripped as fuck. And under the, it says, amount of work required to look good. Women, nothing, just don't eat like a fucking hippo every single day. Men, years of hard work at the gym, many times a week, and a strict diet with enough proteins and little fats and sugars. (laughs) Okay. What? That's just like the opposite. Yeah, that's stupid. That's just dumb. I want to let my listeners know that the reason I have visible abs is because I had to cut all carbs out of my life because of the Picos. And I go to the gym, I would say five days a week. And on top of that, do yoga and Pilates every, I would say also five days a week. That is it. And they're not even that visible. They're not even that visible. I was at one point, and not now, because of uh, COVID uh, restrictions, which we've just recently gone back into lockdown. So that's changed things for me. But anyhow, uh, at one point I was working out like six or sometimes seven days a week doing martial arts. Two times a day at that point. Yeah, I was doing two days, which is probably not necessarily the best thing that I could have been doing for my health. And also I was uh, doing intermittent fasting. I still am doing intermittent fasting as well. And at my peak, I only had a two pack, like the upper two abs were somewhat showing. I feel like this man is saying that men are supposed to look super ripped and women don't need to look ripped. We just have to look skinny, which is like also not true. Body standards on women. It's not just being skinny anymore. It's like skinny with you have to have a flat stomach, a giant ass, perky tits. Yeah. Um, long flowing hair, mm-hmm. symmetrical face, uh, legs, legs that are like defined and yeah, you know, um, eyelashes, long ones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No vagina on your pussy. Sorry, no hair on your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no vagina hair on the uh-huh. pussy. There you go. <laughs> okay, I was just like, where is she going with this? Just like some sort of yeah. smooth mound but underneath I feel like, there, like, like a Barbie doll. Yeah, but okay. So while I do think that the expectations on men muscles have have definitely increased over the past few years, and what we what rip looks like is way more intense than it was, the dad bod is still considered acceptable. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on both genders to look a certain way, generally speaking. Right. Um. I don't. I feel like it's uh, disingenuous to like say that one. Um, gender is being excessively scrutinized and then the other one is not. That's true. But I would say that it is a lot easier for men to build muscle and get visible abs than it is for women. Yes. In this context, that doesn't make sense because I do know some men who are ripped basically year round, can eat whatever they want. Yeah. As long as they're a little bit active. Yeah. Yeah. they're active, but they eat whatever they want and they're still they still have visible muscles. And typically, if they don't have some sort of a condition, let's say like a medical condition, it's much I don't want to say easier, but like it's a little easier. We're talking about your average able bodied yeah. adult man for a man to get into decent shape. Right. In a relatively short amount of time. Right. Like Alex cut Coke out of his life. He lost uh, Coke, the drink, not Coke, cocaine. <laughs> And he uh, he like lost his beer belly and he was still drinking beer every day. I never had to cut 
sugar. Like I never cut Coke out of my life because I never drank it enough to begin with. And I still looked, I was still a size eight, right? Like I was still, I can't just eat whatever. It just really frustrates me when people are like, men have to work out so hard. I'm like, you literally change one aspect of your diet and you're going to lose weight. Don't give me that. I have to change my entire diet. Yeah. Well, yeah, me too. Like, well, to be fair, I mean, the intermittent fasting kind of helped. It allowed me to sort of eat relatively normally and still eat bad stuff. I don't know what the quote, bad stuff, like carbs and sugar and these kinds of things and still lose a bit of weight. Although, but it seems like you're eating right for your body. Yeah. I mean, with that all being said, it's not like I'm eating a bunch of terrible stuff on the on the daily. Right. Um, I eat vegetables and meat and these kinds of things. So. It, yeah, it's just the whole like women, nothing, just don't eat like a fucking hippo every single day and you'll look <sighs> good. And there's also just the the, the fat shaming yeah. in there. Don't like, eat like a hippo. Like what does that even mean? Oh, I bet you he's talking about those girls who order like a regular meal on a date instead of a salad. But this right. is the same kind of guy who makes fun of girls who order a salad on a date. You know yeah, what I mean? You can't win, right? Yeah. That's part of it. Like, aside from that, aside from the fact that beauty standards are bullshit and unrealistic and unfair and making us all have a question about what we eat to look a certain way, which Mm is, you know, we're all slaves to the patriarchy eventually. All I can say is just the implication that anyone who doesn't look like a twig woman or a super ripped guy is not attractive is an absolutely ridiculous proposition. Fat people get laid all the time. Fat people are attractive. Just because you're fat doesn't mean that you're not beautiful or not attractive or not sexy. Yeah, same with skinny people. Yeah, I just meant, you know, the association is thin women must be fuckable versus like fat women are frequently told that Mm, they're not. Yeah, Uh, lots of men like a plump lady. Yeah, well, I know that there's lots of plump ladies out there that are like stunningly beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, Supermodels that are... Right. No one's telling them to lose weight to be more sexually attractive. I mean, I'm sure there are people that guy's telling them to, but (laughs) not us. Not us. No. Okay, you got yours ready? Yeah, I have one that I found. It was, uh, this is also from <laughs> Men Writing Women. It's a man describing a woman's smell in uh, parentheses, writing erotica. Oh, God. Is this her vagina smell or just her body smell? I guess I'll find out. Her smell was irresistible, like a freshly opened pack of Yu Gi Oh cards. <laughs> 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 I just thought that was funny, like, <laughs> that that's what I feel like this person had to write something for a school project. And it, they were they had just been taught about, like, metaphor and simile and all of those things. And, like, they're like, what smells good to me? Yeah. I'm 12. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> exactly. Like, I'm a 12-year-old boy. What is the best smell on earth? I've oh. never opened a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, so I honestly cannot verify this claim. Me either. But I feel like I... If my vagina smells like a freshly opened pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I would like someone to tell me so that I can get that checked out by a doctor. Um, please write in if you want to smell. <laughs> Send me a vagina. pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards so that I can smell them and compare. Thank you. Yeah. No, you you need an... someone else to smell and compare. You're not going to be objective. How are you going to smell your own vagina? That's fair. I'll get Alex to smell it right. and tell me. I'll get him to smell the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and then smell my vagina and smell the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and then smell my vagina and... You're going to need like a... Should whatever. we smell each other's? We should do an experiment together. <laughs> but you got to get the, the coffee grounds in between, right? So that you cleanse, cleanse the palate. The palate. Yeah. You smell the vagina. You smell the coffee beans. You smell the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Maybe he's talking about the woman's general odor. Maybe the reason she smells like a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards is because she is actually a Yu-Gi-Oh queen. She's like the ultimate Yu-Gi-Oh fighter. 
And he doesn't realize that. Like, she smells like it because she's just constantly opening up cards, adding to her deck. And it's just permeated her life now. Right. It's seeped into her uh, body, her skin. Right. Or maybe she has Yu-Gi-Oh! perfume. Yu-Gi-Oh! card smells perfume. And she's doing it just to attract him because she knows he likes Yu-Gi-Oh! And this was her secret trick to attract... Okay, should I stop? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) You got another? Because I've got four more. Go ahead. Okay. This one you're going to love. Okay. This one is specifically, I saw this one and it reminded me of a, a friend we have in common and okay. a conversation we had. Oh boy, this is embarrassing. So I believe that there were two types of sex. The normal proper type where a man and a woman had sex with their clothes on and the dirty, we don't talk about that, where they took off their clothes. Mind you, I had no concept of a penis going into a vagina. I just thought they pressed their bodies against each other and that was that. So that's how I played with my Barbie dolls. When mom wasn't home, I'd take off all their clothes, I'd mash their little plastic bodies up against each other in some weird scissoring motion, and then feel incredibly guilty afterwards. Mind you, where I live, sex education didn't exist, so I believed this nonsense up until I was 11 or something, until teen magazines came to the rescue. Top comment, that dirty Barbie sex guilt. (laughs) How old was this person? Uh, When they wrote it? I don't know, but they No, I mean, like, when they were playing with the dolls? 11 and under. Okay. Yeah, I guess my conception of uh, sex at that point was similar in that I didn't like really understand what was what was involved necessarily. Yeah, I 100% did that thing where you take off all your Barbie dolls clothes and you mash them up against each other. Yeah. I'm coming to understand this is actually a very common experience for mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Did you do this? Absolutely. Our other friend that we talked about this with was so ashamed and also did this and didn't realize apparently that everyone did this. Yeah, that's a I feel like that's um a a young girl thing is that you make your dolls have sex yeah i remember being so intrigued by ken doll's bulge because mm. like you knew that boys had penises but he just had this bulge right and i was a little confused but like kind of curious mm-hmm. but just mostly confused is this what they all look like but it's i so had smooth. a well i had a brother so like i knew that oh. there was something down there i didn't have a brother so like no i'm saying i knew but i was like how does this but that but this but that mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah yeah how does this all you know why does ken have a bulge together? but barbie's just flat why wasn't ken just flat in the groinal region these are these groinal. are some, the groinal I like that medical term no <laughs> that's a i feel like a part of uh, the the growing up experience for many girls is to just like pretend that your dolls are having sex with each other but right. you don't really even know if you don't know works. what sex is yeah. i think that just shows you how innate sex is to our biology yeah. you don't even know what it is but you have a general idea and you're gonna try and figure out a way to figure it out you got one ready yeah okay so this one is from bad women's anatomy do i should i say the usernames only if you want to well, you can find it on Bad Women's Anatomy. I, I think it was one of the top posts there, so it shouldn't be hard. The title. <laughs> the title says, Dad called me a whore. I was 10. <laughs> when okay. I was about 10, I got my period for the first time. My mother asked my father to go to the store to pick up some tampons. Cut to him screaming at me and calling me a whore. Apparently, he believed vaginas are like Pringles cans, sealed for freshness. And that since I was having a period, I had to have had sex. Thus, a grown man calling his own child a whore. Dead ass. And then there's like an emoji with the eye roll. Took him forever to calm down because he wouldn't listen to reason. My mouth is hanging open. Yeah. He was married to a woman and had sex with her and they had a child. And you would assume that his wife would have had her period before they had 
well, I guess maybe he assumed she wasn't a virgin or like knew she wasn't a virgin when they got together. I don't even how. How does this happen? Right. How does this happen? The education system had failed him. Not only that, but why would you think it's appropriate to yell whore at your 10-year-old daughter? Yeah, that's weird. There's so much going on there. That man needs more than just sex education. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. He, he stri- that strikes me as the kind of person who, like, maybe they even had sex education, but they just weren't listening because of their preconceived notions mm-hmm. about everyone. But do you think somebody taught him that or he just came up with that idea on his own? I honestly think that people learn things when you don't give them a classical education, like you don't give them a sex ed class. People learn things from absorbing it from the messaging around them. And if this is someone who had only ever hung out with, like, dude, bro, douchebag men, whatever the equivalent was from his day, Mm -hmm. I could see the jokes about women's virginity turning into fact about women's virginity. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. I I could see that. That's my only assumption. I just, I mean, periods exist, guys. I got another one for you. This one, This one you're going to like. It's a lot like yours. Are you ready? Yeah. A vagina is made for one man. It is made with memory. However, if a woman fornicates, the memory becomes confused and the vagina opens by default to a large size, slack in brackets, to protect itself. And then the top comment is, as spoken by a man that's never felt a vagina. <laughs> so this guy thinks that like a vagina is like memory foam or something. Yeah. Just like molds. But even memory foam goes back. That's true. A yeah. vagina could be like memory foam in that it stretches to fit the dick. Yeah. But, but it does go back after. Mm-hmm. As mentioned on our last listener question, it's made of muscle. Right. So wait, wait, wait. So maybe memory foam is the, not the right suggestion. So he thinks that it's like when you take a cast of something. I'm just confused about how if a woman fornicates, the memory becomes confused and the vagina opens by default to a large size. Is he talking about how if after a woman has sex, they're just able to relax their vagina? Maybe he's got a tiny dick. He's like a he's like a, a cocktail wiener down the hallway. Yeah, I mean, well, the whole idea of a vagina having memory, like the vaginal brain. I'm confused. Just like open the floodgates. <laughs> Let's let it all anything come in. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say like the reason that I say maybe he has a small penis is just because like maybe because he's not feeling the tightness he wants. It's not the women's vaginal memory. It's it's just that he is too small to fill them. Mm. and is making it the woman's problem instead yeah, yeah, of his, yeah, yeah. the way that some men like to do. Sure. It's nothing to do with me. It's obviously... Their vaginal memory is confused. The vagina memory. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know what to say about this one. It's just like sh- uh, a shake-my-head situation, you know what I mean? That's correct. Would you... Do you have another? Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so this one I thought was pretty funny. This is, again, from Bad Women's Anatomy. It's an article. It's just the headline of an article. And there's a picture of uh, a bunch of old timey people standing around one of these um, uh, steam engines. And the headline is early trains were thought to make women's uteruses fly out. I mean, basketball was damaging to the women's uterus too. dribbling could risk their reproductive organs. Didn't you know that? That's why women weren't allowed to play basketball. Is that so? Yeah, they genuinely thought that dribbling the ball would affect women's reproductive systems, and that's why women were not allowed to play basketball for a while. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if your your, your uterus flew out just for you, you know, doing like you know general? It's not that big. Stuff? 
Yeah. Okay. So I went to that like body works exhibition, the one where they basically plasticize dead bodies. Mm-hmm. And you can see what the human body looks like. They've like injected these things with plastic and then put in an acid to eat away all the non-plastic. And there's one area you can go to where you see like a fetus and a pregnant woman and it's very controversial. But I had literally never even seen a diagram of a uterus size or like gotten an idea. It's about it's actually smaller than my fist. The uterus, when you've never had a baby, like when you don't have a baby in it, it's smaller than my fist. Mm-hmm. The idea that it could just fly out of your body on a train when it's up in there yeah. and not that large. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's like saying her lungs are going to fly out of her body. Her heart's going to fly out right. of her body. I mean, I understand that vaginal memory is confused and so they're hanging their slack. But like your uterus isn't just going to fall out of your slack, gaping maw of a vagina. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, yeah maybe it's just like the you know you're on that train you're moving so fast your vagina's flapping in the wind (laughs) you know as you're barreling down the the rails what are they doing that their vagina's flapping like don't they have eight petticoats didn't we just talk about that they've got like 17 pairs of undergarments on where is that thing going to go? It's just going to bust <laughs> Even through if it, yeah. all of those layers. Of... If it can fall out so easily, can't you just fist it back in so easily? Yeah, just tuck send it back her, in there. Send it, send her to the doctor for her orgasm medication. And while he's there, he can just tuck her uterus back in. I feel like that's one of the reasons that uh, a woman has died going back to it. You know? <laughs> uterus fell out on train ride. Yeah. Okay, I got another unless Falling you do. uterus. Do you have one? Should I do one? Oh, go ahead. Okay, so the title of this one is, this whole post is just Yikes. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but during a JOI, jerk off instruction, the woman in the video said to do it and punch myself in the balls. So I did. Would I do it again? Probably not, considering it's pretty risky. I'm fine with that, with slightly tying them up, though, just not on the level of rubber bands. Also, if you're a woman, then sexual desire could be regulated by the ovaries, since that's what testicles are when developing early on. But I'm obviously not a biologist, so I have no idea. I mean, obviously he's not a biologist. Wait, you're telling me he's not a biologist? How did we get from JOI? By the way, thank you that. for uh, explaining what a JOI was because I had no idea what a JOI was. I'm here for you. We do this at Oasis. Um, I have coworkers who who do JOI videos. So wait, JOI is like another person tells you how to masturbate. Yep, and you follow their instructions, and so they'll it's basically guided edging, or it could be like guided tantra, depending on how you're doing it. Okay. But imagine someone on camera, in this case with this guy, a woman told him to punch himself in the balls, and he did it. So there's like a whole spectrum. There's like kinky JOI. There's mm-hmm. like sensual JOI. There's a hot girl just telling you what to do, J-O-I. Got it. And then there's ones where it's like, you know. Tie a rubber band around your balls, apparently, J-O-I. Huh. I would not. Rip out all your ball hair, (laughs) J-O-I. I would be careful what you do to your balls, gentlemen. Just make sure that you listen to uh, healthcare professionals about Mm -hmm. what you should or shouldn't do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a healthcare professional, so I'm not going to tell you what to do. You don't want your testes to fly out. Okay, what do you think about... Sexual desire could be regulated by the ovaries, since that's what the testicles are when developing overall. Sexual desire isn't regulated by the testicles, though. I mean, there's definitely, like, hormone information being put back and forth, but I don't think the testicles are the are the sexual desire regulator of the body. I could be wrong. I'm also not a biologist. Yeah, I just want to clarify, I'm also not a biologist. I don't know what the what was it again? The sexual desire desire is regulated by, I feel like the brain's got to be involved with that somewhere. Like, like maybe I feel like everything's come from the pituitary gland, but I could be wrong. 
remember the hearing that. Pituitary gland. I've heard of that before. I have no idea Isn't that what where, like, it is estrogen or what and it progesterone does. is produced. Oh, maybe those are just your secondary. You know what? I re- originally read this when I read this the first time. I was so confused about the link between those two paragraphs. And I'm like, yeah. is he telling me to tie a rubber band around my ovaries to clamp down on sexual desire? Like, I was so confused about the link between yeah. those two thoughts. If that's the case, he doesn't really know. He doesn't know anything about anatomy because you can't do that. As I know. As I'm yeah. aware. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I uh, think, uh, well, getting your tubes tied is a major procedure. So I'm going to yeah, go with. exactly. I don't you think women are getting their tubes tied to deal with their sexual desire. your ovaries as far as i know yeah there's a reason that whole post is just yikes do you got one do you have one ready uh yeah um again bad women's anatomy so this woman was talking with her boyfriend and she says i thought this sub is a place to share a conversation i had with my boyfriend several years ago boyfriend do you want to go swimming in the lake me i can't i just started my period in brackets i hate tampons and swimming with a pad is no fun uh yeah yeah no Okay. Uh, boyfriend. Oh, how about tomorrow then? Me. Um, I'll still be on my period. Boyfriend. What? How long does it last? Me. Four or five days usually. Boyfriend. Wow. I thought it was like three hours. Me. I wish that was the case. And then he was 22 at the time and I'm not letting him live this down. I was just thinking, when did I learn how long periods last? And I feel like I don't remember learning that in reproductive education. I remember learning that from my friends. Five to seven days. Yeah. I learned that in in class, I think. I don't know. I Now I can't remember if I learned it in class or if I just learned from my friends saying it lasts me this many days. I mean, maybe. I mean, we hear about things like the 28-day cycle and you learn about it when you start the pill and like what a cycle even is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering when I even learned that. Now I'm wondering when I learned that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think I I just knew that from from sex from sex ed. So clearly this guy didn't get sex ed. No, clearly not. Three hours? I wish. Can you imagine? It would just be gushing out. It would just be like a river of blood. Honestly, though, like, if it just was three hours and you just, like, booked that off in your calendar. You sat on the <laughs> toilet the whole time. We'd have, you know that, okay, you know that, like, women who lived alone would have, like, a specialized, like, like blood comfort chair. It would be yeah, like yeah, the chair yeah. no, you I was just on the thinking about seat. this. It would be like a cushioned toilet seat. Like a gel <laughs> Like, you know how oh, you get those um, those gel uh, mouse pads? It'd right. be like a toilet seat It made might of be that. like wider on the side. You'd have a pocket for your snacks. Yeah, you might be able to... Well, you'd bring your phone with you, obviously. Obviously. But yeah, a charging, day, a charging port, well, you'd just be reading the shampoo bottle for three hours. It'd be terrible. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And uh, you just let that baby flow, baby flow. I feel like if you were on... Like, if your cycle matched up with other women, you just get on, like, a cycle call. Mm-hmm. Like, you just video chat all the other women, and you just sit there and, like, bleed out while talking to these other women. It'd be very feminist and empowering. I wonder what how you'd pass out. You could bleed <laughs> like that for three hours. Imagine and... <laughs> if your uterus just did, like, one solid squeeze, and then you were done. Well, you know, I've read things about, like, guys <laughs> thinking that you, that a woman can actually control their, their period. blood flow. Right, the it's way like, that you just control Just hold it in, like, pee. Come on, guys. Those are my favorite posts. It's so cute when it's adults men saying that. And by cute, I mean atrocious. Adults men learn better. Do some, just some very peripheral research. Look up virtually just like anything about periods and you're going to know that that's not a thing. I mean, what do you look up if you don't even know what to look up? What is a period? It's the thing at the end of a sentence. You know, what's the I think on, technical term for a period? Menstruation, menstruation. I guess. Menstruation. But, but how would you look that up if you didn't, if you'd never even heard? I mean, I do That's think, what I mean. Look yeah. up. What is the technical term for? Menstruation. Yeah. 
But I think you have to be smart Start enough to, there. you got to be smart enough to look at what is a technical term. And I think if you're not getting some yeah, of this information, fair. honestly, maybe we're being a little bit shaggy. I think one of the biggest barriers to getting information is not knowing what to look up in the first place, like not knowing the language. And where do you find the words? If you don't know the words, how do you look up how to look up a word that you don't know? The yeah, word? yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I mean, I, I when I go to type things into Google, the amount of like ridiculous questions that pop up as soon as I like type one word in. Yeah. Oof. Fair. Yeah. I think the general population is pretty, pretty stupid, as far as I can tell. I mean, we're included in that, I guess. Oh, yeah. I'm not uh, discluding myself from that. <laughs> I am fairly stupid. <laughs> I don't want to say really stupid. I would say, like, average stupid. Fair. I mean, oh, well, okay. I'm going the negative. So I'm average smart. smart. There you go. Um, I took the gifted test when I was in elementary school. I am not gifted, but at the time I was 99th percentile for language and comprehension and like very average for math. I like very average. I think I was similar when I was younger. Like I was had an aptitude for language and communication and but, my math yeah. skills were not. Good. All that tests you on, though, is like frequently all that will test you on is like how much smarter you are than your peers at that age. That's right. all it's really telling you. So a lot of people who test gifted when they're kids, like when their peer group catches up to them. They're no longer smarter than everyone else. They just have a superiority complex. Yeah. That's it. It's probably for the best that I never thought that I was like smarter than anyone. Yeah. Um, I have another one on this same kind of a kind of an idea. Okay. I have one last one after this one. Okay. So okay. this one is um, X thought tampons are nonstop use vagina plugs. <laughs> the guy I dated in high school had almost what? no female relatives except <laughs> his slightly Freudian mother and his family was generally weird and uptight. So I guess this is where his interesting misconceptions about female genitalia came from. Anyway, we somehow touched on periods during a conversation and turns out he thought tampons basically have nothing to do with menstruation and they are something women need to use all the time. That they're basically plugs for vaginas that would, I guess, break or be too nasty without them. Laugh out loud. I'm really glad this is not the case. Just imagine needing four to five times more, given how expensive and environmentally unfriendly they are. I also didn't dare to ask what age did he think. And then it stops there. This reminds me of the people who think that if you use a tampon, you're not a virgin anymore. Like, yeah. why, are, why are men so confused about tampons? Well, I because, guess I guess because period ads don't explain them very well, do they? Yeah, and also if they thought that your uterus was going to fly out once you got on a train, you of probably course needed you need a plug to cork to it just, back. Yeah, cork it up, make sure <laughs> that thing <laughs> stays in there. Oi. Otherwise, all of your uh, girly bits would just be all over the floor. Oi, they. This is just painful. Yeah. Okay. All right, you ready for mine? Yeah. Uh, title is Man Mansplains What a Speculum Feels Like. I think this belongs here in, you know, the r slash bad women's anatomy. Um, I was having a conversation with a man friend of mine. It came up that I recently had a pap smear. He immediately assumed that uh, it must have been very pleasurable and then proceeds to explain that a speculum in your vagina must feel like having sex with a very large dick. Both his wife and I tried to explain why this was not the case, but he wouldn't allow us to have any input and just knew that he must be right. Spoiler alert. It feels pretty terrible. So a pap smear... I want to explain the process for people who don't understand what a pap smear is. A speculum looks like a duck bill. They put a shit ton of cold lube on this cold instrument. If you're at a good doctor, they will warm it first, but some of them don't. And they insert it into you. And then they use a crank 
to crank it open so that they can reach into your bag, at which point they take a scraper on a stick and they shove it in there and they scrape the sides of your vagina walls to get cells so that they can test them for cancer. So you are basically being, there's, I mean, people really love gynecology porn and it it honestly like freaks me the fuck out. If you like yeah. it, that's on you. I don't care. If you like it, I just can't do it. It's not good because that to me goes back to the whole women in compromising positions and people abusing them nightmares but like it's literally a thing that is painful that you have to grit your teeth and bear it and this is something we have to do every two years men men get a finger up their butt when they're old and they think that's a bad thing when people do that for yeah. sex no woman is scraping the inside of her vagina walls and holding it open with a with a with a yeah clamp. they're not fucking you with a speculum they're not they're not fucking you and you're not turned on and you're not aroused you are literally going in and spreading your legs for a stranger in a cold room and, and you get someone in that is, stirrup chair as well someone's jerking off to this right now i can promise someone is listening <laughs> so to this podcast yeah, and like yeah describe it more what do they do <laughs> do to the vagina what How are do you, they scrape it have you ever been sexually pleasured by a speculum never can't say I have. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. Have you ever, um, like, when you go to get your pap smear done, have you ever, like, looked at the video? Like, they'll have, like, a little camera that they shove in there. No, I didn't know they see. had a video. Oh, yeah. So, like, well, I've had them done before where, like, they'll put a little camera in there so cool. you can see your cervix. I want to see my cervix. It's weird. I, it sounds disgusting. I want to see it. It's like a weird little flesh dome with a hole in the middle. It looks like a like a weird donut. Interesting. I want to know what my cervix looks like. I mean, you can look up cervixes. No, on I want to know Google. what my I cervix know, looks I know, I know. like. I don't care about your cervix. Anyone else? I want to know mine. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird because you don't ever see that. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know what a cervix looked like before I saw my own. I was just like, weird. While we're at it, I would like to see what all my organs look like, not just my cervix. Now okay. that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what does my entire internal body look like? I bet it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't think it's as good as you think it's going to look. I bet it's fleshy. I bet it's red and pulsating. Mm -hmm. I bet I've got a fleshy, red, pulsating internal body. Mm. Doesn't that sound hot? I bet you there's somebody masturbating to us right now. <laughs> just thinking about your kidneys. Um, yeah, even just to go back to that original mansplaining question that I asked you a few episodes ago. This is classic mansplaining. A man comes to a woman and tells her what she experiences. Mm -hmm. that's bullshit don't do that don't be that guy yeah all right you got anything left before we go into listener questions oh okay so here's here's one this person a word of warning ladies this is like the the title okay this person says girls who masturbate the clitoris 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 how do I you say, pronounce it i think i say clitoris what do i say i can't remember anymore carly and i argued over it for so many episodes just say the clit yeah, but like, okay, so here's the thing. I remember I said, I don't know where I got the pronunciation of clitoris. But I think I just say clitoris, but my friend says clitoris. But there's no, we've had this debate on this podcast I, before. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. so I said that one time in front of a group of people. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, no, it was, we were playing Cards Against Humanity and clitoris was. Yeah. Fun. Clitoris, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I we're going like. to keep, we're going to keep having this but, disagreement, um, I think. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were like. Oh, thank you for show for telling me that there's another way to pronounce clitoris. And I was like, oh, okay. That's I didn't realize that people didn't. I mean, I knew that way. some people called it a clitoris, but I don't know why that just it just sort of 
came out when I said the word. So you say clitoris or you say clitoris normally? I say clitoris. So I keep, think. you do you. Go with what you want to say. I feel like, okay. There's no one right but, way here. It's just feel, my way or now, your way. Then I felt weird about it. I was like, am I wrong? Is it not supposed to be clitoris? We need to, we need to do some research on this and find out. Did you definitively find out? No, we still don't know. Oh, okay. We have no idea. And oh. I refuse to look it up. I'd rather people just have their own opinion on this one and it be a raging debate that lasts the arms. Mm. Okay, so the clitoris is, is not meant for self-pleasure. It's meant for creating a child, you <laughs> morons. <laughs> Do you know why you feel like garbage after you masturbate? That's because your clitoris is sending bad chemicals to your brain. By touching yourself, you are killing your body. That's the devil's doorbell. And if you keep pressing it, soon enough, he will answer. I mean, given that I am a f fuck demon, I would like you to touch my devil's doorbell. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I think this is hilarious and must be fake. Like, it might, who says the devil's doorbell unironically yeah. anymore? Yeah. This sounds like a fake one to me. I just thought it was funny. That's all. It is funny. I think I read that one, too, and was like, this must be fake. It's meant for creating a child. First of all... No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Literally nothing in the clitoris is, is about procreation. It's 100% for pleasure. Yes, absolutely. So just... Why don't you just shut up? That's why we don't know up. anything about it, because we don't care about women's pleasure. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, devil's doorbell, calling people morons, saying... Yeah, moron, yeah. Was, ...was supposed to be for procreation. Oh, I have one more here. Okay, last one, and then time for a break. Okay. This person says... Having a period is a disability. I should preface this with Scotland just recently made all period products free. Right. To all citizens. Right. Because that makes, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's an essential item. Absolutely. Or Yeah. Or at least it should reduce the cost. I mean, I, I think that like nothing in this world is free. So if you're going to do that, cool. But like we live in a country where even pharmaceuticals aren't covered by our, by mm -hmm. our coverage. But like if you're in a country where like all other essential items or medical items would be free, mm -hmm. you should include period items. Yes. Or at least offer them for free to people who are homeless. Yeah, people who can't afford... Well, they're pretty expensive. Yeah. I feel like at the very least... There should least, be at least a you subsidy. You could, like, provide menstrual cups for free. Yeah. Because those are, like, a once every 10 years type thing. Yeah. As opposed to... Yeah. Well, one of the issues with uh, homelessness and period products is that you frequently don't have access to places to use them or sinks or showers, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's a concern. Sure. Anyway. Sorry, continue. But anyway, so I just want to preface this because it, it mentions this. So having a period is a disability. Scotland is just being a good government and addressing the needs of people. And then the first comment. So all women are, quote, disabled for having normal bodily functions. Fucking idiot. Then this person says in response, I'll go ahead and define disability, shall I? A physical or mental condition that limits a person's movements, senses or activities. Bleeding, pain, and mental conditions all describe menstruation. Did I miss anything? And then the per the original person responds, yes, you missed going to school. <laughs> so. I once read someone making, it was another, it wasn't on, it was like before Reddit was really a thing. This was so many years ago, so I could be misquoting it. But it was this man who was explaining why the wage gap exists. The wage gap exists because you get paid for your work. And women have to take off a minimum of three days per work once a month for their periods. So it makes sense that women are getting paid less because they are absent from work on those days. And it's only fair. Otherwise, men should, you know, 
you know, like, like it was something like, like the wage gap exists because of women's periods and them taking off of work. And I'm like, I literally have never met a woman who has ever taken a day off of work for her period. And if a girl ever took off work or school for her period, it's because she had something like endometriosis, in which case she was taking off work for a medical condition related to her uterus, not her period. Yeah. And to to suggest that a period is is a disability. disability. Oh, my God. Uh, I just need after that, I definitely need a commercial break. Yeah. Sex News with Ray is sponsored by BoobsAndWings.com. Boobs and Wings is your number one place to get art on buttons by beautiful guest artists. What's the art you ask? It's a penis or a boob. That's why it's called BoobsAndWings.com. These are hand-pressed pin-back buttons that are made in Canada. And a portion of each sale goes to the artist, and a portion of each sale is going to go to a charity that supports sex workers. By the way, I'm one of the guest artists, so if you want to find all four of my penis designs, you can do so at BoobsAndWings.com. So head there right now. Buy yourself some nice fashion. Buy a button to scare your mother-in-law. Buy a button that'll make your brother go, why did you buy this for me? Either way, it's going to be fun, and they're all pretty affordable. Once again, BoobsAndWings.com. Danielle, are you ready for our last listener question? Yes. Okay. Dear Ray and Danielle, how do you ask a new partner if they are clean and tested? Sincerely, Blue Label. Uh, I've done it where I was just like, when was the last time you were tested for STIs? Right. You just ask. You just ask. Here's one thing you don't do. Ask, are you clean? Yeah, that's weird. Well, there's a few reasons why I take issue with the word clean. The first is that it's vague. People will not know what you're asking. Yeah, I showered. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Two, it implies that if you have an STI, you are dirty. You don't tell someone with a cold that they are dirty or immoral. You don't tell someone with the flu that they are dirty or immoral. I promise you they got it from someone else, right? Like we don't talk about other illnesses or infections or diseases the way that we talk about something that's sexually transmitted. So the opposite of clean is dirty. We don't want to imply to your partner that they're dirty. What happens if they then respond with, actually, I have, um, you know, herpes. Actually, I have HPV. Actually, I have something else. You basically just created a space where they're not going to want to tell you because if they tell you, you're going to think they're dirty. So you never want to say, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say never. I'm not going to be like, you really want to avoid. Never say, are you clean? Just end that. End the stigma. End that shit. Just say, are you tested? If this person is an adult and you are an adult and you're going to be sexually active, they should be willing to have that conversation. And if they're not, then don't have sex with them. Yeah. Because they're probably not getting tested. They're not comfortable enough talking about it. They're not comfortable enough doing it. Yeah. If you can't talk about uh, sex, you shouldn't be doing it. That's for sure. Yeah. You can't talk about uh, STIs and be like comfortable. The the facts around sex. Yeah. Yeah. Then you, you have no business. Trying to have sex with someone. Exactly. Um, are there other ways that we could ask, have you been tested? When was the last time you were tested? Well, that's what I suggested. When, yeah. When was the last time you were tested? And then, okay, so they're going to give you, oh, I was tested on in. Make sure you, you follow know, up with. And then follow up. What were the results? Yeah. Did you exactly. hear back about anything? I think most people, if you if you ask that way, they should be pretty receptive. And if they're not, then, you know, run. <laughs> yeah. I think also you have to be open to that person asking you and you should know what your answer is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if someone says, when was the last time you were tested to me when I was in a time where I had multiple partners, I would have answered honestly being like, oh, I was tested this long ago, but I've had this many partners since and Mm -hmm. I'm currently seeing this many people. 
Like that would be the kind of answer I would give. And if they had a problem with any of those answers, that would be a red flag that they're not someone I want to engage in sexual activity with. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking the question, you obviously are going to have to ask some follow up questions, too. So if it's like, when was the last time you were tested? And then they give you the answer. What were the results of that test? Have you been with anybody since that? result yeah were you using you know protection and, and then like don't judge them if they answer you honestly yeah yeah well because like you know most i don't want to say most but like a lot of people have had sexually transmitted infections that's a pretty common thing. a larger percentage of the world than you would think yeah what is for hpv it's like one in four or something Something like that because they weren't testing and men are silent carriers. Exactly. So it could be more. Yeah. But that's a lot of people. Yeah. And also numbers are, they like rise, they dip, they rise, they dip. I had a bunch of statistics fairly recently for a presentation. I didn't, of course, I can't remember any of them, but there's a lot of like, it's something like a few hundred thousand. It was something like 500,000 new cases of chlamydia in the States last year alone. Something like that. It was like a large amount. And I know that the States has a massive population, mm -hmm. but that's new cases right. every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not old cases that are still around. And let's remember that things like chlamydia, gonorrhea curable. are totally curable. And so, you know, maybe you had it, but you don't anymore. And you don't have to. Oh, by the way, if you had something and were treated for it, you don't need to tell a partner I had chlamydia, but was treated. Yeah. If they're like, when was the last time you were tested? You'd be like, oh, this amount, like, you'd be like this amount of time. I currently don't have any STIs, right? You don't need to be like, I had chlamydia and was treated. Like, you can just say, oh, I was tested at this point. I yeah. currently have no STIs. Right. You don't have to list off all the STIs you've had in your, yeah. your full adult yeah, life that's, or Yeah, that's fine. You can be private about that. Mm -hmm. It's more about you want to make sure that you are giving someone else all of the information they need to make a choice about having sex with you if mm -hmm. your medical information will impact their medical information. Now, certainly, if you have an STI that is, like, incurable, that's, I feel, you have to let people know about yes that, that is definitely true if you have an incurable sti like for example herpes or hpv or aids you do need to let your partner know your potential sex partner know and if they decide they don't want to have sex with you because of that it's frustrating and it can be hurtful and it's hard not to take things like that personally but you not everyone yeah it. you yeah it's kind of like saying it's the same thing as if you're like oh i have strep throat and someone's like then i guess i'm not kissing you right now mm -hmm. like sometimes people are just going to make that choice for themselves and it just means they weren't the right sex partner for you as well. And that's okay. You don't need to fuck everyone, even if you really want to. <laughs> and, and I believe it would be like the same as if you were like, oh, you admitted to somebody, you know, I have feelings for you. And then they were like, well, I don't have feelings for you. Painful, you know? but you, you get over it. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta accept that. If someone says, um, if someone has like a raging boner, and they're like about to fuck you. And then you're like, oh, by the way, I have herpes. Is that OK? Don't do that to someone. No, don't do that to them because they're not making a choice in good standing at that point. They clearly want to fuck you. They're thinking with sex brain and sex brain. Like there's actually something in your brain that turns off when you're about to have sex that keeps you from making good choices. This is why people will not use a condom, even though they know they should use condoms. Mm -hmm. This is why people will have sex with someone who they otherwise wouldn't have sex with because it's there. The idea being that not not like in a rape away, but like I'm saying, like you're not giving that person the chance to make a choice with a calm, rational mind and you want to give them that choice. Absolutely. I think uh, I read something where it was like people are more OK with gross stuff when they have sex brain. Right. Saliva, fluids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of those things. If you're not or... fine with fluids when you're like not about to have sex, that's fine. You'll probably be OK with it when you are about to have sex. Mm hmm. 
if you are grossed out by someone's smell or fluids, don't have sex with them. That's a sign you're not attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Or it's a sign that their chemistry is off and they need to go get that yeast taken care of. Whatever. Anyway, side yeah. note. Okay, so uh, did we fully answer that question? I, I think, think we more than fully answered yeah. that question. There's a there's a very simple way to approach that, I think. Hey, have you? when's the last time you were tested, Danielle? Uh, we went together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when was that? A few weeks ago? Yeah. Not it's always good ago. to be safe. If you're in a monogamous relationship, you should also continue to get tested because mm. partners cheat. Um, and a lot of yep. people in monogamous, committed, close relationships end up with STIs for that reason, which is why it's healthy for both partners to go and get tested even once a year. Just letting you all know. Not that I think my husband's cheating on me. Just good practice. Best practices. Absolutely. Cool. Danielle, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at d.m.a.r.i.s.s. I have a public account, so no need to. They can watch your Jits video. Yeah, I have some stuff of me playing music. I have some stuff of me doing martial arts. I have some selfies, general. Regular girl Instagram. Yeah. It's not even the girlfriend experience. You are genuinely a regular person, and that's amazing. Your Instagram looks like it, and I love it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, well, I, I haven't been posting so much lately, but who knows? Maybe if I got a, uh, an influx of followers, I might be um, more inclined to share more. Just post photos of you in your blue outfit with your blue belt and caption it, mansplain to me. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I only post when I think that there's something interesting or worth posting. So I'm not just posting anything. My my Instagram is definitely uh, highly curated. So yeah, just be aware of that. If you would like to become one of the deviants defining elite, you can follow Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram. Submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. Follow me and my regime of truth at Wife Bay Ray on Instagram and TikTok and Razor Latex on Instagram, OnlyFans and Patreon. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. Theme music is by Blake and Brilliant. A special thank you to Blue Microphones. Photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography. And leave us a positive review on Apple Podcast. Thank you all very much and we will see you in season three. 